so good, again, to have a Bible between me and you and to look into God's word together. We're going to be in one verse this morning, Genesis 24, uh, verse 27, one verse. So if you turn your Bibles to Genesis 24, uh, verse 27, I'm going to get there myself. Genesis 24, verse 27. You know, as we consider this visit from Jory and Mary um, all the way from Alaska, uh, let me just state the obvious, that it's no small thing to follow the Lord's leading from Alaska to the Bahamas. And I remember that was so for Beth and Jonathan and I when we followed the Lord's leading here in 2015 from Pennsylvania to Nassau. And what a wonderful move that has been and what a wonderful church family you continue to be to serve amongst. We love you and we thank you for loving us. But when you step back from the Elliot's move or the potential move for the nuns, there have been quite a few people that the Lord has redeployed to other parts of the world from this particular assembly. I mean, we have seen, as I recall, we've seen persons from our church move to England or Holland and Canada and Scotland and Spain and Vietnam and Switzerland and Curaçao and Jamaica and America and even Japan and China. And all this mega movement of persons reminds us that our Lord God is a providential God. He's in control of all the circumstances of life, and he orders our lives and our circumstances in that he opens doors he wants us to walk through, and he closes other doors that he does not want us to walk through. In short, he is a personal God. He has personality, intellect, emotion, and will. He has a plan for your life and each of our lives. And he's a leading God. He's not taking his hands off of us to let us fend for ourselves. He leads us because he loves us. And the hymn writer had it right. All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his faithful mercies who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, heir by faith in him to dwell For I know whate'er befall me, whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. The psalmist David assures in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you know the rest, he leads me beside the still waters. He's a leading Lord. And in Psalm 139, the psalmist wrote, if I take up the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. We have a leading Lord who loves us and will be with us every step of the way. I'm so glad for that, and I know all of you are as well. But I wonder, I wonder, Is there any condition for us to meet for the Lord to lead us? Is there any things that need to be in order in our Christian lives so as that Lord would be 
free and apt and willing to lead us. And the one verse for our attention in these few minutes this morning is Genesis 24, 27, as I mentioned. And in the King James Version, the verse is rendered this way. And he, that is Abraham's servant, said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and truth, I being in the way the Lord led me. Say that with me. I being in the way the Lord led me. Again, I being in the way the Lord led me. I want you to take that and put that in your purse or put that in your wallet, and I want you to carry that out of this service into this new week. I being in the way the Lord led me. Of course, the context of this statement was back then that Abraham had a servant, and he sent his servant to find the right wife for Abraham's son, Isaac. Isaac needed a wife, and so Abraham sent a loyal servant to find the right wife, not a wife, the right wife for Isaac. And it was with great relief and praise that this particular servant had come to see in the providences of God that the Lord, in his great mercy, had directly led him to the very right woman to be Isaac's wife. And he found out that she happened to be a distant relative to Abraham's family. He was elated, he was thankful. Mission accomplished. He had been led of the Lord. I being in the way the Lord led me, this servant said and scripturated. I being in the way the Lord led me. Now in the Hebrew of this verse, the first language of the Old Testament, the word order is quite wooden uh, and a little rough, but it's all here. Genesis 24, 27 in the Hebrew literally reads this way. And he said, being praised Yahweh, God of the master of me, Abraham, who not he abandoned kindness of him and faithfulness of him, to master me, here it is, I on the journey, he led me Yahweh. I on the journey, he led me Yahweh to the house of the relatives of the master of me. Did you hear the emphasis? I on the journey, he led me. I on the journey, he led me. Abraham's servant ordered things in some manner with himself in some way being at the beginning of the leading process. That's interesting to me. He said, he led me Yahweh. You see, Abraham's servant ordered things with himself in some way being at the beginning of the leading process and plus, additionally, the servant culminated the leading process with an acknowledgement of Yahweh the Lord. Now this brings up an across-the-board truth. As true in the time as it was of Abraham, it's equally true here in 2023 in the Bahamas. A timeless across-the-board truth, and this is it, our redeemed lives are best read backwards. Our redeemed lives are best read backwards. 
when we can, from this point in time, look backwards in the previous days of our redeemed lives to see what the Lord was doing to lead us to where we find ourselves at this point in time. Our redeemed lives are best read backwards. And so the King James Version renders our verse, I being in the way, the Lord led me. Now don't miss this. Abraham's servant had to be in the way for the Lord to lead him to Rebekah. Abraham's servant had to be in the way for the Lord to lead him to Rebekah. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Now we'll consider what that means, being in the way, in the rest of this sermon. But when you think about it, Our church has had a lot of our church family led away to foreign lands, as I've already pointed out. And those believers who have been so led, like Abraham's servant, had to be in the way for the Lord to lead them to England or Holland or Canada or Scotland or Spain or Vietnam or Switzerland or Curacao or Jamaica or America or even Japan and China. They had to be in the way first for the Lord to lead them to those different countries. And we could also say that Jory and Mary and their children, Josiah, age 19, Anna, age 18, Esther, age 15, and Mira, age 11, had to be in the way for the Lord to lead them to potentially come on staff at Calvary Bible Church, Nassau. Now, to make it individual, to make it personal to each of you, you also need to be living in such a way that you are in the way for the Lord to lead you. To whoever, you don't know who to marry, be in the way, and the Lord will lead you to the person if you are to marry. Don't know what to do with a prodigal child, be in the way so the Lord can lead you to the right parenting response to their rebellion. You and I need to live in such a way that we are in the way so as the Lord will lead us to whoever, to whatever, and to wherever. So the elephant in the room, the big question we have to sort out is what does it mean to be in the way? How do I know if I am in the way or not? What is the Christian who is in the way doing? Well, let's expand that a little bit. It's crucial for us to understand it, for us to understand this verse. Now, I appreciate what the 19th century Scottish Baptist commentator named Alexander McLaren writes on this, and I'm going to loosely quote a lot of what uh, Pastor Alexander McLaren said about the verse that we're looking at. It's a loose quotation. The first thing I want to point out is he says, the divine hand, the divine hand moving beneath all the nothings and littlestness of life. You are in the way when you understand that the divine hand of God is moving beneath all your nothings, all your ordinaries, all your things that are so daily, trivial commonplaces. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. When we're in the way, family, When we're in the way, the Lord certainly will lead us. And then McLaren says this, have feet on the path which one's conscience approves. 
Don't consider yourself to be in the way and apt to be led of the Lord if you're living in a way that your conscience is violated because you're disobeying the scriptures. That's not living in the way. Living in the way is having feet on the path which one's conscience approves. There's more. When we are in the way and know that we are doing what we ought to do and conscience says, go on. Never mind what stands against you. It is then and only then that we have the right to be sure that the Lord will lead us. Sometimes being in the way brings about a leading of the Lord that is uncomfortable, requires risk. It's costly. It goes on, loose quotation. It's a blessing when God thwarts us when we are not in the way that pleases him. It's a blessing if we're not walking in the way that pleases God that he thwarts us, he stops us, he puts a roadblock up, a circumstance that tackles us. It's a blessing. So that's why we want to be in the way, always in the way. I'm still loosely quoting Alexander McLaren as I give you these points. But when we are submitted to his commandments, his leading mercies go above and beyond our claims of them. In other words, when we're walking in the way, submitted and obedient to the commandments of scripture, God will lead you in merciful ways beyond what you could ever imagine he would do. It goes on, in our homes, The obedient child gets guidance and the petulant disobedient child gets resistance, which is guidance too. If we're spiritually petulant and disobedient and not in the way, God will spank us for our good. And if we expect guidance, we must diligently do our best duty, one duty at a time. I love what McLaren says here. One thing at a time is enough for our little brains. (laughs) It's enough for me. Best sensing me to the fridge for something in the refrigerator, let's say cheese. I'm a man. I look about 24 inches wide. I don't move anything. If the cheese isn't the first thing I see, then we we don't have any cheese. Did you move anything? Oh, I have to move something? (laughs) I have a little brain. I think we all do. It says, if we expect guidance, we must diligently do our present duty, one duty at a time. One thing at a time is enough for little brains. That's so good. Do the duty that lies nearest to you, and the more remote duty will become more clear. That's a good principle. Do the duty you know about so that God will give you clarity for the duties you don't yet know about. To be guided... We must expect and obey guidance. Some people say that the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because Moses refused to ask for directions. The person who thinks they know all they need to know, the person who's the Lord of his or her own life, as Brother Jory said in his testimony, that he was a terrible Lord of his own life, guess what? We all are terrible Lords of our own lives. But the person who's the Lord of their own life, or so they think, is not in the way and ought not to think they'll be guided by God. We have to be in the way, and that includes submission and obedience and listening to the voice of God, the still small voice of God is found in the word of God. 
Then this goes on, McLaren goes on. There are many people that say, oh Lord, guide me, when all the while they mean, let me guide thee. A lot of us pray, this is the plan, Lord. Rubber stamp it. Give me approval on this invoice. No. Do not let us forget, the quote goes on, do not let us forget that the first condition of securing real guidance in our daily life is to ask for it. Are you asking each day the Lord for guidance? That's the first step. And the next step then is to look for the guidance. And the third step is to be quite willing to accept the guidance. Ask for it, look for it, do it. And then he says, after telling us to ask for the guidance, telling us to look for the guidance, telling us to be quite willing to do the guidance, then he says, whether the finger from heaven points down to the broad road that we would like to go on or through some tangled path amongst brushwood that we would rather avoid. Sometimes God's leading is on the difficult path the path we didn't expect, the path that will require more sacrifice or will cost. Do not let us forget that the first condition of securing real guidance in our daily life is to ask for it and that the second step is to look for it and that the third step is to be quite willing to accept it whether it's what we want to do or whether it's what we think we don't want to do. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Still loosely quoting Alexander McLaren, only let us be patient. We must wait until we are sure of God's will before we try to do it. We must wait for the clear impression, I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Now a word about the manner of the guidance to get Rebekah. Remember, the servant was sent to get a wife for Isaac. Providentially, the servant was led to Rebekah. And now McLaren is going to draw some timeless principles out of the circumstances that the servant talked about. I being in the way, the Lord led me. Specifically, according to this historical account, how did the Lord lead the servant to Rebekah? Listen. There was no miracle. No supernatural voice. No pillar of cloud or fire. No hovering glory around the head of the village maiden. All the indications were perfectly natural and trivial. A thousand girls came to the wells that day and they did what Rebecca did. But the devout man or the devout woman who had prayed for guidance was sure that he was getting it, was guided by her most simple commonplace act. And that is how we are usually guided by the most commonplace, ordinary, trivial task. That's when you're on the way, doing the duty that God has called you to do that's nearest to you so that you can do the duty that's most remote from you at that time as well. God leaves, McLaren, God leaves a great deal to our common sense. His way of speaking to common sense is by very common things. God's way of Velcroing to our common sense as his children is using very common 
things. Things we encounter every day. Rebecca went to the well every day to draw water. It was an ordinary chore she did that God used to direct the servant to her to make her Isaac's wife. He being in the way, the Lord led him to Rebecca. Rebecca being in the way, the Lord led her ultimately to Isaac as husband. That gives me a lot of encouragement because so much of life is ordinary, isn't it? So much of what you'll do and I'll do this week is common. Not particularly sensational, maybe not particularly interesting. But a providential God sees us being in the way, doing what his word tells us to do in the ordinary matters of life. And he is so gracious and so kind and sovereign and good that he would lead us. And we could say with the servant, I, being in the way, the Lord led me. So, remember that God's guidance may come to you through an insignificant girl like Rebecca or may come to you through as commonplace an incident as tipping of the water into a spring out of an earthen pot into a stone trough. Nonetheless, it's God's guidance and what we want is the eye to see it. Another thing, when we are led by God, by God working in our daily lives, even in a partial and initial way, we must not only recognize the leading, we should also confess the leading before persons, even doubting believers or unbelievers. You do realize that some Christians, when they, <laughs> when they hear a testimony of another Christian who says, I being in the way the Lord led me to do X, Y, Z, some Christians will poo-poo X, Y, and Z for their own fleshly reasons. Not, don't be embarrassed. If you think God is leading you to do something because you've been in the way, with courage and conviction, say, the Lord is leading me to do thus and so. And I really don't care if you don't think it's a good idea. I've told you before that those who uh, are controlled by the Holy Spirit, in Ephesians it says, be not drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. I've told you before that a drunk filled with alcohol looks silly to a sober person I've told you before that sometimes a spirit-filled Christian looks silly even to another Christian who's not spirit-filled. Abraham's servant was unashamed to state to Bethuel and to Laban, the Lord led me. He was not tongue-tied. He was not shame-faced. He didn't grab the credit for himself. He said, I, being in the way, the Lord led me. And that's why this beautiful young maiden is coming back to, with me to become Isaac's wife. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. You can say that. That's the normal Christian life. I should say that. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. May we do that. May we say that. That's how believers that we love have dared to move to England or Holland or Canada or Scotland or Spain or Vietnam or Switzerland or Curacao or Jamaica or America, Japan or China. They were in the way. They were led of God and they obeyed. The Lord willing. If the Lord should will it, that's how believers whom we will learn to love 
would even dare, in the will of the Lord, should he will it, would even dare to pull up roots in Alaska, to set down roots in the Bahamas. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being a leading Lord. And thank you that you usually do that in common things, everyday, ordinary things. Help us to be believers who position ourselves in obedience to your word and with an alertness, having asked you for guidance, to observe what you're doing in our everyday circumstances, that we would not just see your leading, but that we would obey your leading. That will bring honor and glory to you, pleasure to your heart. And this is our prayer together in Jesus' name. Amen.